Professor Brain Brown's research shows that vulnerability fosters good emotional and mental health. It is a sign of courage. We become more resilient and brave when we embrace who we truly are and what we are feeling. The Vulnerable Scientist Podcast is a space for scientists to tell their honest and authentic stories. I am your host, Saranya Kerry, who happens to be a scientist, informal science communicator, and I help scientists create personal websites. If you want to support this show, go to www.patreon.com slash thevulnerablescientist. You can also follow this podcast on all social media platforms at TV Scientist Pod. Why did you say you don't miss it? Be- because it's, it's, it's a crazy roller coaster, to be honest. And I think I was really surprised when I was re- writing this book. So I interviewed 15 friends of mine. Mm. And I was so surprised at how mm. relatable, at how, like, we, we were all doing different PhDs. Mm-hmm. But, but just the journey, just the roller coaster nature of it, just mm-hmm. the, the, the fact that everyone felt certain kind of way and felt the roller coaster of phd was was interesting mm. yeah and it's all the same it takes you through highs like sometimes occasionally mm. especially mm. if you attend a conference and you you present your res- research or you you present in a seminar and mm. people are like oh that's really interesting work blah blah and you feel so good mm. and then some days you are in the lab you have some results or or, or experiments are failing and you're like what am i doing here <laughs> And you and you doubt you doubt if it's gonna help the world even. <laughs> Hi everyone, welcome to the Wonderful Scientist Podcast. This is your host Sarah Nyakeri, and today I have Gladys or Doctor Gladys Ngetich with me, who will be our guest. Hi, Gladys. Hi, Sarah. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited for the podcast today and the conversation that we'll have. Could you introduce yourself the way you would like your name to be said? <laughs> oh, so, uh, obviously, because we are talking about uh, PhD and, and research, mm. uh, we let's go with Dr. Gladys Nyatich. That would be good. But you, oh. could, you can call me Gladys. <laughs> okay, Gladys. Um, introduce yourself. Who are you and what do you do currently? I'm currently working as a postdoctoral researcher at MIT. My current area of research is eco-friendly fuels for small satellites. And before before here, before MIT, I did my PhD at the University of Oxford from 2015 to 2019, December. And that time I was researching cooling technologies for aircraft engines. Before that, I did my undergrad and all the other levels of academic uh, academic stages in Kenya, where I was born and raised. Talking of born and raised, where were you born and raised exactly? Born and raised in Akuru County, Keringetsa County, mm-hmm. in a village called Amalo. Amalo. Amalo village, yes. Amalo. Amalo. Oh. Amalo. A A A M A L O. Oh, Amalo. Amalo village. Amalo village, yes. How was it growing up? Although someone was telling me the name mm. has changed, I'm not sure. But anyway, what <laughs> oh. I know is Amalo village. <laughs> okay. Uh, how was it mm-hmm. growing up there? Hmm. How was it? Um, I would say. 
interesting and fun. Mm. We had we had have so mem- so much memories growing up, but mostly mostly of playing. I grew up after four brothers, mm. and you can imagine like we all sorts of games, all sorts of competitions, all sorts of all sorts of childhood you know those those kind of games it was really fun i have so many good memories from that time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. oh nice um could you tell us how this journey started like how did you get to where you are right now just from i don't know where you want to start maybe high school maybe whatever whatever time how did that spark in science start mm. i'll let me start from primary school. Okay. So my primary school from 1997 to 2004, I did my KCP in 2004. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, by, by the time, time I was sitting for my KCP, I was, I was just a normal, normal kid. And normal kid, I mean, I didn't know what life was. And I think most of the decisions of my future and everything else was made by my parents mm. uh, mostly my mom my, my dad worked was wa- my dad um, worked away from home for a very long time and so my like i feel like my mom was literally running my life uh and, and my siblings life in terms of what time to study what what, what high school uh, we should be thinking about and so i remember i had gotten i had scored 298 marks in that mm. KCP, out of 500, yeah. And I couldn't get a, a very good school. I, the offer letters that I, admission letters that I received were just from, from average schools. And, and I remember my mom saying, no, I think, I think we should look for a, a better school. Wait. And she had... You, were you a performer before that? Performer? No, no, that 298 marks. I was actually top three of my primary school. Oh, yeah and i would say i was performer in that sense if you contextualize the situation oh yeah 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 yes Ah, because i was in a public i was in a public primary school in the village in the village and so i was the star i was actually the best girl wow wow yeah so your mom said it was good performance so my mom was like let's let's try this private my mom had her eyes on private schools the Mm. likes of uh, these mission schools mm. so we ended up doing interviews so they normally so most of these private schools they do regardless of what you scored in your kcp you still have to do an, an admission test mm-hmm. and so we set out and we i did an admission test at Rorid girls i don't know if you know about Rorid girls in in um, kericho and another school called mercer girls in kitkelion Mm, I ended much. up, so I failed in Rorate. They were testing maths, English, and Kiswahili, mm. and I was terrible in languages. So maths was my only savior. Mm-hmm. So I barely, barely passed the admission test at mm-hmm. Mercy Girls. Mm-hmm. Finally got admission there. And my, I, I mean, the more I went up the academic ladder, I think the more, just like anyone else, I think the more you realize yourself, you realize the importance of education. Uh, but even still, even in high school, I, I I don't think I knew exactly what I wanted to do in my life or what I wanted, what my career would be, etc. But I was just aiming to give my best. And knowing that I got in the school, knowing that it was a chance for me, uh, having not passed very well, most of my classmates had like 300, high 300 marks. Mm. 
Mm. And I was coming in like one of the lowest. And so for me to get a chance in that school, it was a privilege. And I, I, I like telling people like I, so when someone was asking me what, what I think changed or what I think contributed, because from 298, Sarah, after four years, I left the school. I left Master Girls. I was the best, not only best in Master Girls, and I'd actually broken the record. No one had ever scored 80 points mm-hmm. since the school was, was started. Mm-hmm. And aside from that, I was the leading student in the whole of Kikelion district wow. in 2008, KC, KCSE. And people, people are asking me, what do you think, what do you think caused that transformation mm-hmm. from 298 marks to, to 80, 80 points, points, A minus in four years? Mm-hmm. And number one on top of my list is gratitude. So for me, I got in Master Girls and I knew, I knew this was my alliance because I didn't, it was the best school that my marks could give me. Mm-hmm. And I think with that realization, all my teachers, like I adored them. And, and, um, and that kind of gave me, I think when you operate from a half full glass, mm-hmm. you, you unleash your potential. Because then you, instead of looking of, instead of looking at what is lacking in the school, personally, I was seeing all the positive things that I, that I, I had, and I, I knew I, I wouldn't have gotten if it wasn't for that test, um, given the marks that I scored. But um, anyway, wait. Uh, towards um, the end of high school. Sorry, I'll have to interrupt. No you. worries. No worries. Um, I find this interesting. You know, remember my reaction when I heard that you had two ninety eight. I. Yes. Uh, in my head, I I thought those are very low marks according to what I was expecting in my head because I've been brought mm-hmm. up in Nairobi where 298 was not good marks. It was average marks. It's just average, above average marks. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. considering the setup and what was available for you and what you could do with your resources, this is what Mm -hmm. was good. And it's not about the marks here, what I'm seeing here, because if you got 298 marks, you carried that same spirit of hard work to Maasai girls. Maasai. Maasai girls. Maasai, yes. Like Maasai the name? Huruma, yes. Oh, okay. Okay, so you carried that same spirit, some same... But now with better resources, I'm imagining, and you got the higher mm-hmm. points. So I, I don't know mm-hmm. if it's true, but I'm thinking that there wasn't much difference in that. It's just that the resources that were available for you before is how, like, that's the best you could get in terms of what was available for you in your primary school. And since you had more resources with high school, you you. You're still the same. It's just that the resources were the same, were better. Now you could get better marks. It's not like you actually improved. According to me, I don't know. Is it true? Mm. Oh, absolutely. I think you've just hit the nail on the head. <laughs> it, it, it's it, the, the same, the same. Uh, but I would, I would also say maybe also mm. the, and I have to say the support as well. You can imagine like if you join, and especially at that age when you are very conscious about your image mm. and whatever, like you joined, I was one of, I, I don't know, one of maybe only five who had less than 300 marks. Mm. And you can imagine the way the, the my colleagues who had more than 380 yeah. marks, yeah. the way they used to view me. Mm. So I, wa- I just wanted to say it's also the belief in my teachers mm-hmm. and most importantly, my parents, like who kept saying. So I remember my mom, for instance, so. Sarah, with 298, to surprise you even further, mm. I had 45% in English. Mm. So that's a fail, for sure. Mm. 
But I remember my mom saying, you know, you scored this because you were taught in Kekale in primary mm, school. And yeah. so the, you didn't practice to speak the language. And that's okay. Yeah. And I, I want to highlight, the reason I'm hi- highlighting that mm. is for a kid in primary school and for a kid in, in high school. I, I say a kid because they're still kids. And I was a kid. Mm. And most of my self-confidence was improved or, or emphasized by my teachers and my parents. Mm. And I think that's really key. Because mm-hmm. in as much as while I was in class and my classmates used to laugh at me the way I used to speak with um, Kalenjin accent, mm-hmm. I didn't know how to read and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of it, it hit my confidence a bit, mm-hmm. but 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 seeing my mom uh, or seeing my teacher saying, you know, there, you got this because of this, and you have a lot of potential, mm-hmm. and and actually believing in me, I think it's 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 another flavor in the equation. But yeah. but you were right in terms of I continued with the same hard work, but yeah. now with more resources. Yeah, so the resources here, it's like the more support and the more, like there's a gas that comes with people looking down on you. I feel like people mm-hmm. who get such things, it's either they use it as a fuel or use it to, you know, go down. And most people who use it as a fuel mm-hmm. usually really do well. Mm-hmm. I agree. It's totally. like a, yeah. So um, the other thing I've totally, noticed yeah. is your mom. Uh, she was the spearhead in this. Like she was trying to make her daughter get the best in terms of school, high yeah. school, right? And also the other thing yeah. I've noticed when you're trying to interview for that school in Roviette. Was it Roviette? Roviette. Roviette is uh, R-O-R-E-T. A Roviette. Oh, okay. Roviette. Yeah. Yes. So I'm imagining when you're trying to get into this school and the, the, I don't know, the score sheet that was used is your English, Swahili, and maths. maths. You're good in maths, but yes. you're not good in Swahili I'm and English. Mm-hmm. And Swahili and English. So um, as much as people say that uh, in, um, science shouldn't be used across uh, students to mm-hmm. grade how good they are. I feel like also languages shouldn't be. <laughs> like, I, I I agree with you, Sarah. Yes, because because I'm, I'm biased because mm-hmm. I was really poor in languages. Me too. I was. That's why I think this is yeah. a now a biased conversation because I feel like. <laughs> I feel so, that's a caveat we should put out there. Yes, we are being biased here, but yeah. I feel like there shouldn't be um, one way of gauging students of how good they are mm-hmm. in terms of education, in terms of something. Like generally, mm-hmm. you shouldn't like score people in the same spectrum. Probably they're good in mm-hmm. this and not good in this, uh, or good in this mm-hmm. and not good in this. Yeah. So that's what I wanted mm-hmm. to point out there. Like English and Swahili were, were more easier subjects in quotes, but you actually mm-hmm. sucked in them at that time, right? Yes, I did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean that you weren't a good student. It just means that it wasn't your strength at that time. I know. Mm. Okay. But, but somehow I think when you get those low marks here, yeah? mm-hmm. if you get those low marks, it, mm. it, 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 as a student, you, 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 you know you failed. Because mm. the results come and they say you failed. And mm. I think you internalize that as a failure, that you are not mm. good as a student. And you actually, I, I, at that time, I don't think, I mean, right now, in hindsight, I mm. know I was good in other, lang- in other subjects, yeah. except languages. Mm. And I should not have felt bad when I failed. Yeah. But I felt bad. 
And I felt like I was letting down my, my mom who we were traveling like the whole day without food, trying to oh. do interviews on the same day. Um, so anyway, but you are very right. And I'm, I'm hoping actually, even on that topic, I'm hoping that CBC, mm. the new curricula, mm. I'm hoping that it's gonna, it's gonna fill those gaps in terms of seeing, in terms of not, you know, the, the story of, of judging the fish uh, flying Mm. and bird in swimming mm. like giving one test to judge all the students uh, and and yet we have all well, we, we all have people. we are all diverse yes yeah so hopefully cbc in kenya um i think i i, I hope it will fill that gap hopefully <laughs> hopefully yeah yeah so i had cut you short when you had finished now your high school is something you're saying Mm-hmm. And you were the oh, best uh, no, district. I was saying. Um, mm. Oh yes, I, I was. I was saying. Uh, you know, I had to slide. Uh, I had to say that. Uh, I had to to make sure that you know I was the best in district. Mm. But anyway, <laughs> aside from bragging, it's, it's good to take. It's good to take up that. Like it's it's because we're talking about moving from a low score in courts to yeah a high school and being actually the best in your district. Like yes. let's take that credit. Like. <laughs> Okay. Wrong with I take that credit. Okay. I take the credit. Okay. But the, I think the, the the main point was just yeah. to highlight yeah. how 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 I, I like saying no condition is permanent unless mm. you want it to be, mm. and just to highlight the transformation and and I know that my teach my teachers and my parents really contributed a lot in terms of building my confidence and and telling me I had what it took to succeed. And I think I was trying to say this story, uh, and I think that your question was, when did I, when did I uh, uh, get into science? Mm-hmm. And I wanted to say towards the end of high school, mm-hmm. I was doing very well in, very well in sciences. I think we've talked about that sciences yeah. and maths. I was very good. Uh, physics, maths, especially were like my top top two subjects in high school. Mm-hmm. And 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 because of that, and I, I grew up after four brothers. All of them did STEM courses. Two pharmacists in the house and mechanical engineer and a civil engineer. So the house was already like STEM mm. and, and it was biased towards STEM. They were talking about maths and, and sciences as, as very interesting subjects. And, mm. and just by association, mm. I gravitated towards uh, STEM subjects and mostly from that influence of my uh, influence from my brothers. And so by the end, actually, by the time we were choosing courses, mm. I personally knew I wanted to do engineering and mechanical engineering in particular because listening to my brother, civil engineer and mechanical engineer, I had known roughly what all these engineering courses entailed mm. and, and, and I, had a, I, I, I had a bias towards mechanical and that's how I chose and I put down mechanical engineering as my first choice and luckily I was, I was uh, called to do uh, mechanical at JQuart. Wait. So, so that's how my story in, into uh, mechanical engineering uh, started, and and I'm here. Wait, you you've mentioned that it was uh, you chose STEM by association, and of course you were good at mm-hmm. it. Um, mm-hmm. What would would you have done if you were not in that environment, that STEM environment, STEM rich environment? Have mm. you ever thought about oh, my. it? I, that's very interesting. I've not thought about it actively, mm. but I, I think I would have, I, I, I suppose like many students, they choose to do, and at that time, I, I still emphasize that we are all kids 
uh, in high school. Mm-hmm. And you actually don't know, even when I was choosing mechanical engineering, mm-hmm. I was choosing mechanical engineering based on the fact that I liked physics and maths. Mm. I had not thought so much about my career afterwards mm. as a mechanical engineer, mm. but I, I chose it based on the passion on the subject. And I think most of and an association as well, like the fact that I knew uh, uh, roughly what the subjects my brothers were pursuing in colleges, mm. blah, blah. Mm. And I think most, most students, I feel like they choose based on that. Yeah. Now to answer your question, if I didn't have that, it's very interesting, but I suppose I was very, uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't want to lie. I, I, I honestly don't know what I, I would have chosen. <laughs> maybe I would have, I don't know. Maybe I would have chosen what my cousins uh, chose because mm. I feel like there is also that influence, influence. and peer pressure. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but to be honest, I, I, I have no idea what, what I would have uh, chosen to do. I love that I asked that, that question and you, you had no idea. Like... No, no, not a single idea. All right, let's go to the experience that you had during your schooling years. Do you want to learn about the strategies for enrolling, thriving, and excelling in a PhD program? Dr. Gladys Ngetich has written a book on the PhD journey with lessons from various PhD students across the globe and from her lessons as an ex-Oxford PhD student. Dr. Gladys is now a postdoc researcher at MIT. For you to get a chance to get a free book, post your favorite podcast episode of the Vulnerable Scientist podcast on any social media account and tag the Vulnerable Scientist social media account with the hashtag the Vulnerable Scientist book giveaway. You can now pre-order the book on Amazon or as an ebook on Kindle Cobol Dahlia ETC. You can get more information on this book on www.gladischepkirui.com/books.